Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. TelecomCareers.com Comscope, thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Welcome to IoT Innovation. My name's Nicholas Knapp. I'm standing in for Chris Hare this week. I'm a partner in Thingovation, a consulting firm that helps companies bring IoT products to market. Today, we're going to be looking at IoT development outside the USA. Our guest this morning is Bogdan Todosoyo, who's the CTO and co-founder of ModCam, an IoT and computer vision platform based in southern Sweden. ModCam's already delivering solutions for companies in New Zealand, Ireland, and of course, Sweden. So Bogdan, tell us a little bit about what ModCam's doing and your role at the company. Hey. Thanks for joining us, Bogdan. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you a lot. So tell me a little bit about what ModCam is doing. Oh, ModCam, it's a computer vision and IoT platform. It's uh, open. It is based on a mobile phone chipset, actually. Uh, I have seen that the development of security cameras and some other devices uh, around here. You know, it's a big company here called Axis uh, Communication that has been bought by uh, Canon. And uh, they have done security cameras. And um, what we, we saw that it will be a really big, another value add uh, for being able to be an open platform and to put computer vision application on top of it. What we are doing specifically today, we are uh, going for retail market. Why that? Is because, you know, uh, especially exactly like on an e-commerce site uh, where uh, they know how many people are coming and visiting the site, what they are looking at, how are they are buying, what they are buying, how much time are they spending in the, on the site. Exactly the same thing we can do with our devices in a physical uh, retail store, in a, in a physical store. So there we had the idea that uh, we can have our own application on top of our device, which is looking like that. It's a very small one. Uh, but also we can uh, incorporate third party. There are a lot of companies doing third party application for retail and also for facility management, which will be our next industry vertical to attack. Very interesting. So why the focus on computer vision? Why, why do you see that as being a, a, a critical area worth spending time in? Computer vision has been around for a long time and actually like a sensor you need an eye you have ears you have you know this kind of uh, senses you have you can uh, feel temperature you can feel pressure um, humidity but you need an eye and uh, now we have seen that the computing power is coming closer closer uh, it's very powerful and closer to the edge of computing so uh, we have now access to mobile phone chipsets that they can do and um, process huge amount of information, especially video information. So putting the eye closer to the brain, which will be the computing part, uh, made us also to, um, to think about ModCam, but also to, be, more, to get, be able to do more complex algorithms on computer vision. Computer vision can be used for robotics, can be used for artificial intelligence, machine learning, all these kind of new hot areas uh, everywhere in the world. And uh, computer vision, has a huge history here in the south of Sweden, actually. Um, uh, they, the mathematics school in Lunds University is one of the best, uh, and they have created a lot of companies uh, around it. Uh, companies like Decuma, bought by, uh, by Samsung, and Scalado, bought by uh, Nokia, and after that, now Microsoft. Polaros, uh, actually, the, the Polaros guy, he is um, one of the co-founders of Modcom. He has done a company called Polaros, sold it to Apple, 
and so on, so on. Uh, some sold to Intel. It's, it's really, so really, South of Sweden is known for computer vision capabilities. If you are saying South Sweden computer vision is here. So, so tell me a little bit about some of the applications that either you're currently seeing with ModCam or that you envision in the near future. So, for example, we can do like people counting. How many people are coming into the store? How many are going out? And after that, you can do like heat maps. You know how many people and where they are uh, placed and how they are going into a, into a store. Uh, you can do flow tracking. You can do queue formation. You can recognize objects, uh, inventory. Um, a lot of applications that are really useful for retailers today uh, for, for doing like uh, heat rates, uh, they, how to increase sales, how to do, for example, um, staffing. Uh, staffing. Uh, if they need more people or if they need less people in some parts of the year or also of the week. Uh, and we are seeing this kind of trend of coming more and more complex application. And also because we, we can integrate, uh, we have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and uh, accelerometer and other sensors inside the, this little device. We can talk to other sensors so we can create more complex algorithms on top of computer vision using Internet of Things devices. Very interesting. So, in some of those examples you mentioned, you know, a lot of those were sort of retail type applications or business applications. Are you seeing a focus on particular vertical industries? Are you seeing consumer opportunities? Um, where, where do you see this going for you? So, in, in, in our device, we are really concerned about privacy and security and of course, like all Internet of Things uh, part of it. Uh, Especially for, for our device, we are processing on the device. We are not, for example, particularly for retail and for facility management, for hotels, none, the video is not leaving the device. The, the only thing that is leaving the device is data, like people, like heat maps, uh, like tracking, flow tracking, mm -hmm. but not the picture, not the video. So we are seeing this opportunity in this kind of business-to-business uh, -business, um, uh, areas. After that, of course, it's another uh, story with business to consumer. We are, uh, it's uh, another company is using some uh, our device for stitching pictures and for creating like um, maps, uh, like street views. Uh, of course, there are different, different areas and different opportunities with our device. But yes, the, the biggest concern is privacy and security. And after that, processing closer uh, to camera, you, you know, latency problems are avoided. Flaky networks are avoided because we, we, can, we can store data, being so little uh, information, we can store it on device for like, for example, one week. Right. Yeah, I, I remember I had seen some research out of Carnegie Mellon um, where they were looking at using computer vision to help monitor the elderly or people with different health conditions. Um, and, and very similar to what you were saying, you know, did this person actually enter the room? Did they leave the room? Um, things that seem relatively simple, uh, provided you've got a good computer vision algorithm. Uh, yes, we have a lot can of be elderly things here, and we are looking exactly into the same area. Uh, but now we are focused on retail because we are a small startup. We are focusing on retail. But the future, actually, it's exactly like I said, medtech. Uh, because we can process, so we can actually see, because it's a five megapixel inside uh, this device, we can see how if people are breathing. And especially for old people when they're in their home and they are on the floor, so we can actually see are they breathing or not. So we can call one on or something like that. 
Now, um, you mentioned a little bit about Southern Sweden being a, a home for computer vision. Um, most of our viewers in the US obviously are, are used to technology coming only out of Silicon Valley. Um, those of us that don't live in Silicon Valley know that it does get made elsewhere. Um, but you know, is, is Southern Sweden realistically a, a good area for technology to come out of, especially for IoT? Absolutely. As you know, maybe you don't know, but uh, Bluetooth comes from here. It was invented in Lund, which is a city where I'm living uh, uh, now. Uh, Bluetooth comes from here and they are looking for, for 5G, of course, for some other technologies uh, here as well. Uh, south of Sweden has been a mobile cluster until now. Uh, companies like, you know, Ericsson, Ericsson Mobile uh, Communication established uh, the company here in Lund because of the research that has been done in mobile and antenna, uh, so research in antenna, mobile and processing powers and stuff like that. Um, so the biggest, Sony has also, um, is, is also today here. Of course, they have laid off all about 4,000 people here. There are 1,000 left. But anyway, these people, they took their uh, mobile knowledge and now they are developing their own companies or their consultancy companies. So one big part of this region is mobile. The other big part is computer vision. The third part being industrial design and user interface. Really good companies like, for example, bought by BlackBerry and some other, some other companies as well, doing interesting um, user interfaces, industrial design, you know, the Scandinavian design. The University in Malmö and in Copenhagen are really known for that. Right. So I really hope that new technologies are coming, uh, will come from here. We have the possibility due to this kind of uh, new consultancy company coming from Sony or from Ericsson, uh, you can make, uh, actually, you can go from idea to device in a very short time. I, I think a lot of people don't realize just how much of um, wireless, you know, 3G, 2G, and 4G is, is based on Ericsson technology, um, and how much, I mean, Ericsson is one of the biggest providers of uh, wireless communications equipment to all of the operators. Um, and, and actually, so I'm really, really proud. A lot of other companies came and established here, like Huawei. Huawei, it's uh, the 5G research center is here in Lund. And after that, uh, Apple is also here looking into some, some, some other things. I don't know what they're looking at, but they have about <laughs> 15, 20 people here in Lund. Mm. So uh, they are attracted because of the, the, the uh, capacity of this region and the knowledge uh, in this region. So, you know, like, you know, 4,000, 5,000 people, uh, high, uh, high uh, educated and uh, with knowledge in, in wireless and communication. They have been done mobile phones until now, and now they, they can create uh, devices and, uh, of course, software for Internet of Things or some other industry verticals. Now, I believe uh, ModCam was involved with an accelerator program in Lund um, focused on IoT. Is that, was that, is that correct? No, actually not. Uh, so we have not, we, there are a lot of uh, accelerators here. Uh, we have uh, one, or, or uh, there are about three or four, uh, two bigs, one in, uh, in uh, Malmö, Mink, and another one, uh, Ideon, in, uh, in Lund. Uh, we have not been part of that. Uh, we uh, have um, been around a, a mobile cluster called Mobile Heights. Uh -huh. uh, and after that, um, we are now, we have some places in, in Mobile Heights Center, in old Sony facility, and, but also in Malmö. Uh, so we are both a Lund and Malmö company. Right, okay. Not, not Actually, we are, we are quite, proud, 
<laughs> we are quite, quite old guys, so we have not been uh, in the accelerator. Uh, we have uh, founders, uh, they have done one or two exits until now. Ah, okay, okay. So, so it sounds like you've got some very interesting um, uh, foundational uh, skills in the area. You've got a deep understanding of, uh, of wireless and RF and antenna design, uh, which is something we've discussed on the show before. We had uh, Jerry Hayes from the, the Wireless Research Center, who's a, an expert on, uh, on antenna design. And again, it's an area a lot of people don't realize gets very complicated very quickly. What about the other elements that make for a good startup ecosystem, like um, uh, funding and uh, understanding of how to get to the people that are going to buy the products, whether it's consumer or industrial? Um, the, the less technical side. Are, are you seeing? You mentioned you mentioned there's very strong design um, aesthetics uh, in your part of the world. I think I think we're all familiar with that, um, and, and that's great. Um, I'm just wondering about some of the other pieces that you need for a successful IoT business and, and how those are shaping up. So uh, there's a lot of companies here and uh, of course uh, a lot of people with great ideas but they don't have knowledge about how to, to produce stuff. Uh, there are three or four companies, some big uh, like Sigma Connectivity and some others more like Howl and uh, some, some others. Uh, they can actually get an idea from, from anybody here and make and productify it. A lot, they have um, a lot of instruments and they can do everything, every step from antenna design to processor design to software to type approval and to production. We have also production facilities here around in South of Sweden like uh, Node and Enix, but also Flextronics close to us in, in Linshoping, like you know, 200 kilometers, 300 kilometers from here. So everything can be done in this kind of, in this small region, from antenna to radio to processor to software to everything, type of proven and ship. So uh, we are seeing now a lot of uh, other small companies popping up, uh, not only Modcom, it's another company called uh, Minute. Uh, they are doing something called Point, also an Internet of Things device for like soft security, soft home security. Myonix, another one, uh, Earring, they are doing like uh, earplugs uh, with, with Bluetooth connection between them. All these companies are, have been starting by people who worked before at Sony or at Ericsson or at Apple, of course, in, in uh, point case, but also new startups and, and um, ideas from, from the region. It sounds, sounds like it's very busy. <laughs> it's so good to hear. In, in 30 square kilometers, you have all this knowledge, and this is amazing. I haven't seen this kind of um, uh, all put together like in South Sweden than in, uh, in Seoul, in uh, South Korea. There you have exactly the same on, on a little big area, but here it's everything uh, in, in this small area. So, so coming back to ModCam and computer vision, um, obviously uh, computer processing power is getting cheaper all of the time. Yeah. Um, if you sort of look out two to five years, so not, not a crazy horizon, a relatively short horizon, what kind of applications do you see being enabled uh, inexpensively, like you said, you know, at the edge uh, of, the, of the network that are, that are really going to change things? What, what, what gets you the most excited about what you see there? So when, when I started uh, discussing about edge computing, fault computing, or capillary network, how you want to call it, uh, I thought that what it is actually the, the, the toughest to process. And there are two stuff. It's video and audio, because they're requiring band bandwidth. So putting this kind of uh, computing capacity closer to a, a camera, or two, or many, 
uh, or even if getting also audio, you have possibility to process data at the edge and send only bits of information to the servers, uh, to the cloud, to the big cloud, or you can mirror it. So I'm seeing, for example, uh, uh, in, in our part uh, of the world here, robotics, uh, drones, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, bloom, uh, like, you know, flourishing. Uh, a lot of uh, small companies looking into robotics, you know, because they have like, you know, Tetra Pak and uh, Alpha Laval, these kind of big companies, uh, some Saab and, and Volvo are also from uh, a little bit in, in north of Sweden, more northern than, than us here in south of Sweden. But they're looking into these uh, cap uh, capabilities. And computer vision will help them to see, will help them process the information and understand much and much better. I always said that computer vision today is like, you know, a three-year-old kid. <laughs> I will get, I, I'm getting, I hope that in five years we are going to grow until it will be like 11 or, or, or 15 <laughs> years old <laughs> so, uh, to, to increase its capacity. So I'm seeing now 3D, I'm seeing virtual reality, I'm seeing like uh, artificial intelligence coming more and more. Very interesting. So you've been in and around mobile and wireless um, for, for quite some time now. Um, uh, in your in your prior positions before ModCam, um, what what are you most excited about with the industry as a whole? Um, you know, are, are you seeing exotic new consumer gadgets that you're excited about applications, or do you think the um, the excitement is more on the industrial and, and enterprise side? Um, what what are you seeing as you as you step back and take the benefit of your your history in the industry? So what I'm seeing now is just coupling the dots in, that they have been in behind. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of application, of course, to business to consumer. Um, I'm seeing also plenty of application in industry verticals. Also here, like, you know, IKEA just uh, discussing about uh, smart light uh, and stuff like that. I'm still not convinced that um, the small startup and companies are actually seeing the need why should I do this device for you? They're not starting with this why, they're starting with what. I'm doing this kind of watch to get notification. I'm not interested. I'm doing this kind of smart life and you can change color. Maybe I'm not interested. What is actually the real need? Why am I doing this for? So I'm doing Modcom to help retailers. I'm telling them why they're not selling too much, why they cannot monitor, uh, correct uh, uh, an advertising campaign. So I'm seeing more this kind of need of feedback from Internet of Things devices. Until now, what on in, I mean like 99% of the Internet of Things devices, you is like gaming, you get a scoreboard. You have done uh, 300 steps, uh, you get, you've got like uh, 20 messages and uh, you run like five kilometers. That's it, but how can I improve myself? What should I do to be better? You don't get this feedback today. It's a scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah, we had a very interesting discussion a few weeks ago with uh, Richard Banfield at Fresh Tilled Soil. They're a user experience uh, and user experience design firm. And the way that he likes to think about um, IoT devices is, is in terms of superpowers. And basically, you know, it, um, the device itself or the device plus the software, in effect, should give you some sort of superpower, some kind of ability to do something you couldn't previously do. And, you know, the example he gave, which wasn't, wasn't quite IoT, but sort of made the point, was uh, Uber. 
because yeah. he said, you know, it's almost like telepathy. I just think about having a car and what arrives and I don't have to pay for it. I don't have to do anything, you know, traditionally with cash and telephones and so on. It just works. And, um, you know, he was talking about industrial IOT and how in effect that might be extending your vision or your hearing to some part of the factory that you hadn't previously been in. And uh, I, I think it's a very useful analogy in terms of kind of answering the basic question, like you said, of why, right? Yes, we can do it. We can do all sorts of things. Um, but why do it? Yes, yes. So I'm seeing this kind of, uh, and even for, for industries, because, you know, they're quite slow. So until they can get the, the, the flavor of what is happening and why should I put sensor here and there and going back from that mentality that it should last for the last for the next 30 years, not change them every second year because it's so cheap you can change it every second year. Uh, we need this kind of user experience and designers to do uh, like leveling. You know, I'm getting now some sensors and I know that if I'm buying more, I'm getting more data. And that data will give me notification back that I have to do this or that. It will help me to take conclusions. So I'm seeing this kind of gamification and notification feedback all time when discussing. I'm not talking platforms anymore. It's, it's right. quite old. But there are these two kind of big, 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 um, like, you know, gaming as a, as, a, as a service and notification as a service back. This is actually what we are striving for uh, in, in Modham as well. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I, you know, I talked to somebody from uh, a very large paper manufacturer um, a few months ago now, and they were talking about how they have an office with, I think he said, 12 screens, um, because they had instrumented their entire production pipeline. So they have data coming in from everything, every little machine. Uh, and, and he said, you know, it's 12 screens of data that an operator needs to watch. And I asked him, I said, well, does the operator actually need to watch every single one of those screens? You know, wouldn't it be better to have more like a sort of Google Now approach where it tells you the thing you need to worry about at that given point in time. And, uh, you know, that was not uh, part of their thought process, right? They wanted the data. They didn't yeah. think about, well, why don't we get a smart selection of the data that I need to care about? Um, we can get all your data, but after that, make it uh, that I'm understanding what it's saying. Because it's you, you are getting, we are getting a lot of data. Google is getting a lot of data every, all the time. But what, um, why, why, what should I do with it? It's exactly that. What, notify me when I need to be notified. I don't want to bother myself. Like I discussed today with uh, one of my uh, colleagues in Modcom, and he said that I drove a Volvo car. And you know, it's blinking when the car is coming from the left, it's starting blinking on the left. And when I'm approaching another car, it's blinking red in front of me. It's too much information for me. I don't need that. I, I really don't need this buzzing me. So this can get notification when it's needed. So, and for getting it when, when it's needed. So then you need to understand. You need this kind of machine learning, artificial intelligence to understand the, the, the complex uh, environments uh, around you. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's a, there's a very direct analogy there between what uh, we just talked about and what ModCam's doing. Instead of pushing the entire video stream, which would be a lot of data, you're actually summarizing it automatically at the edge of the network using your computer vision technology. That's correct, yes. Absolutely. Very interesting. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, we, are, we are just about out of time for the show. Um, our guest this week was, uh, was Bogdan Todosoyup. And uh, he's joining us from ModCam. Uh, they're a computer vision company in southern Sweden. Um, my name's Nicholas Knapp. I'm covering for Chris Hare this week, and this has been IoT Innovation 
Uh, if you have any topics or speakers you'd like us to cover in future weeks, please let us know in the comments. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you, Mark Dan. Bye. IoT Innovation is a production of RCR-TV. To reach Chris Hare or suggest a show topic for IoT Innovation, you can reach Chris at cbh at ntete.com. To find out more about IoT Innovation and all things wireless, visit rcrwireless.com.